Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope and pray that you are having an awesome day. And I thank you for sharing the Grind It Podcast with your friends and your family and those that you uh, come in contact with at the grocery store or, or your co-workers, just anybody. Because when you share the Grind It Podcast, you are sharing Jesus with those people. And so thank you for making the Grind It Podcast as successful as it has been And thank you for loving Jesus and serving Jesus and producing fruit for the kingdom of God. We're going to jump in today to Luke chapter 13. And Jesus has been having a dialogue with with his 12 disciples and with uh, these crowds that continue to gather around him. He gets some bad news at the beginning of Luke 13 in verses 1 through 5. Luke writes this. It says that about this time Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifices at the temple. Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Jesus asked. Is that why they suffered? Not at all, he says. And you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And what about the 18 people who died when the the Tower of Siloam fell, fell on them? Were they worse sinners in Jerusalem? No, and I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. So we have some Jews that had come to the temple to offer uh, sacrifices to God, right? That, that's what Judea- Judaism was all about. That was the, the Jewish religion. It has been for a long time. These sacrifices date way back to the, the tabernacle days and then when... Um, uh, um, Solomon built the temple. They, they continued the sacrifices. And so they have been making sacrifices. And, and at this time, the temple is still standing. It's going to fall in AD 70, right? When uh, uh, the Romans are going to destroy it. But at this time, it's still standing and they're able uh, to, to make sacrifices at the temple. And, and these Jews had come to do just that. They had come to uh, do um, their duty before God, if you will, according to uh, the law. And they were bringing their sacrifices to God. And, and we don't know the reason why, but Pilate has them killed. He has murdered these Jews. And yes, this is the same Pilate that would soon have Jesus tortured and brutally executed for doing absolutely nothing wrong and, you know if you think about it we tend to give this we, we tend to give Pilate a, a pass because if you remember uh, when uh, Jesus was going to be tried before Pilate uh, his wife has a dream and his wife says don't have anything to do with this man and and so uh, Pilate tries to pass Jesus off to to some other uh, people in authority but Jesus ends up getting shipped back to, to Pilate and if you remember Pilate literally washes his hands in a bowl of water and says, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have anything to do uh, with this man, but yet he sentenced Jesus to crucifixion. He, he went over and, uh, with the crowd and what the crowd wanted to do and what the religious leaders uh, wanted to do. And so he hands Jesus over to 
just be brutally beaten and then executed on the cross outside uh, the city gates. And so, uh, you know, we tend, like I said, we tend to give Pilate a pass, but Pilate was was a ruthless uh, dude. And we see this here in Luke 13 when he murders these Jews who were there at the temple offering their sacrifices to God. And so Jesus is going to take this opportunity to teach uh, the crowd and his disciples. And so he asked the crowd, he says, do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Is that why they suffered? And then he gives another example of a tragedy that happened when a tower in Siloam fell and it killed 18 people. It was something you know that, that came out of nowhere. It was totally unexpected. And Jesus asked the crowd, were they worse sinners in Jerusalem? And he says, no, I tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish too. So I got to thinking, why would he ask the crowd who, mind you, are, are Jews, why would he ask this Jewish crowd th- these questions? And so I got to thinking about that, and to help, help us answer this question, I want to read a passage from John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, and it's where these uh, people had had a conversation, conversation with Jesus and, and uh, it's when Jesus says, I am, and they realize that when he says, I am, he was comparing himself to God in, in John 8. And they literally, these, these Jewish men literally picked up stones and were going to stone Jesus and try to kill him, but he escapes. And as he was escaping for his life, in John chapter 9, he, he encounters a blind man and he has his disciples with him. And this is what John says in in verses 1 through 3 of John 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. So this guy was born blind, right? Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus says it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. So Jesus' disciples ask him why this guy was born blind, and they they're they're trying to place blame on somebody. You know that's what we do. We even still do this today. We we have to put the blame on somebody, and it's never our fault, right? It's always somebody else's fault. And so they ask Jesus uh, as they're trying to point blame on somebody. They ask Jesus, was was he the blame? Was it because of his own sins? And I'm thinking, well, how how can a baby still in the mother's womb be in sin? A, a baby doesn't. A baby knows to cry. A baby gets hungry, and, and a baby uses the bathroom. That that's that's about it when it comes to a child. And if he's in the mother's womb, how how can a baby even know anything about sin? And and and, and so that kind of makes no sense. But that's the way they thought. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. The second thing was, uh, they said, was his blindness called by, uh, caused by his parents being in sin? And so I want to dig into this just a little bit. And it's really just touching the surface. And you can, you can study this on, on your own. But Jews believed uh, that, uh, that they were judged because of sin, uh, 
and a punishment would be an illness and 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 if you think about it when we go back and study the old testament i love the old testament but if you think about uh job for example job's three friends i mean job did nothing wrong and 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 satan had come and visited god and 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 God asked him what he was up to, and he said, "I'm walking, you know, I'm walking around the earth, and I'm just looking for people that I can, you know, uh, cause a lot of trouble for." And uh, God says, you, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And, and the devil says, "Hey, mate, you got a hedge protection around him. I, I can't touch Job." And uh, so God allows Satan to test Job, if you will, tempt Job. He, he he's going to strike him with a sickness to try to get him to deny God and to get mad at God and just be discouraged and just quit following God. And and, and he, the devil is trying to get Job to deny his faith in God and put the blame on God. And so uh, he strikes him with his sickness and Job is sitting there. He, he's lost his family. He's lost his daughters. He's lost his son. He's lost all of his livestock. He's lost everything. And he, he was a very rich man. And he's sitting there on the ground and, and, and he's got these boils all over his body. And he's been breaking pottery and he's scraping these boils with his body. He's in so much pain. And his friends come along and, and, and they, here's in a nutshell what they said to Job. They said, Job, what have you done? Obviously, you have, you have done this major sin in the sight of God, and, and God is punishing you. So if you would just confess your sin, then all this would be over with. I'm sure that God would forgive you and relieve you of your suffering. And so uh, there, there's one good example of why uh, they would think, that, that God would strike them down with an illness. And that's why the disciples were asking this question. But let me give you a couple more examples. Miriam in the Old Testament was Aaron's sister. And uh, she and Aaron kind of questioned Moses' authority at one point. And because they did so, God struck them with leprosy, or struck Miriam with, with leprosy, when she rebelled against Moses. And then a third example, and there's others, but I just picked these three. Uh, there was a king named Uzziah who violated the law by touching the Ark of the Covenant. Now, God said, do not touch the Ark. Under any, any circumstances, you do not touch the Ark or you will die. And, and what happened was they were traveling with the Ark and the ox, one of the ox that was carrying the ark stumbled and the ark began to fall over. And so I'm assuming out of natural instinct, Uzziah went to steady the ark. And when he touched the ark, even though he was doing a good thing, God killed him right there on the spot. You know, it was, it was a bad choice because God said, don't touch the ark. And even though he was doing a good thing by keeping the ark from touching the ground, he touched the ark, and God said, don't touch the ark, and he died. So when we read the Old Testament, we do read where God punishes many generations for their parents' choices, and we call these curses. In fact, we call them generational curses, and you can find it, uh, uh, several of these throughout the Old Testament, Exodus 20, verse 5, Exodus 34, verse 7, Numbers 14, verse 18, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 9, because God warns 
Israel or the Jews, the Hebrew people, that he is a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. So I share all of that, uh, all of those examples so that we can get an idea of why the Jews would have these thoughts about sin and God punishing someone with a sickness. When we come back from break, we're going to dive back into Luke chapter 13 and talk about why uh, Jesus tells these people this story. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So why would Jesus share these two stories of these tragedies with the crowd after getting this bad news from someone about uh, these Jews who are making sacrifices at the temple being murdered by Pilate and the tower uh, uh, that was in Siloam falling and killing 18 people? Why, why would Jesus bring this up to the crowd? And I, I believe that it's because he knows what they're thinking. They're thinking that whoever was in, uh, whoever it was that went to the temple to make those sacrifices, had had done an awful sin, and God was punishing those people by using Pilate to kill them, and 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 He wants this crowd to know that this is simply not the case. And that's why He says, "Do you think those Galileans were worse sinners than all the other people from Galilee? Is that why they suffered? Not at all." He says. And he says, you'll perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And, and then he brings up the tower that fell on the 18 people and killed them. And he says, were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? You know, because this, this, this tragic event happened out of nowhere. This, this tower just decided to fall at that moment and killed 18 people. Does that mean that they were uh, worse sinners than the, than the other people that live in Jerusalem? And he says, no. And he says, I'll tell you again that unless you repent, you will perish so in other words, here's what Jesus is saying. He said, these are two misfortunate things that happened just out of nowhere. And people were killed. And if you think about it, things like this, even back then, they happen on a daily basis. They happen back then. Tragedy happens. Accidents happen. And it still happens today. I mean, how many times have you got on a, a news feed or turned on the news whether it's local or, 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 or national, and you hear of these tragic events that have, that have happened, and you're thinking, man, and I'm sure you've heard, you might have even said this before, it was just their time to go. It, it, it's just weird. Well, I, mean, I mean, just recently, Bob Sackett passes away, but he was in good health. But now it's been revealed that he, he fell and hit his head, and didn't go to the to the hospital or anything. He didn't think anything about it, and he he died, I guess, in his sleep. Uh, and, and so, just just tragic things like this happen all the time. And 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 what Jesus is trying to get this crowd to understand is it, it's not because of our sin. It's not because we have. You know, God is not up there in heaven. Uh, with a joystick like a like uh, a video game, and just wait for somebody to mess up so he could hit the red button and zap us, uh, and, you know, or or kill us, or you know, or, or you know, make us sick or things like that. It, it it has nothing to do with sin when a freak accident happens. 
And when death comes, he, he's trying to get them to understand this concept. And he was trying to get them to shift their focus, if you will, on what really matters. And that is repentance. Because he said to them two different times, after he, he gives these examples, he says, well, you, he says, you will perish too unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. And if you think about it, who is he talking to here? You know, I've already answered that question because the crowd were, were, were full of Jews. And, and where did the Jews come from? Well, if you think about it, in the Old Testament, they are or were God's chosen people. His chosen vine is what they're called. And, and they, they took that to heart thinking that they were in good standing with God since they were Jews. You know, they are Abraham's seed. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And since they are God's chosen people throughout the Old Testament, when we come into the New Testament and Jesus, God in the flesh, is walking on this earth, he runs into this mentality a lot. And I want to give you an example. Going back to John chapter 8, I just want to read to you what John says, and, and you can hear this dialogue between these Jews and Jesus. And this is when they're going to pick up stones and try to steal him, uh, steal him, and try to kill him, going into John chapter 9 that I'll share with you at the beginning of the podcast. But John chapter 8 is what it says. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the people said, We are descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Well, guess who sins? Everybody, including the Jews that he was talking to, including us today. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, We have all sinned and come short or of the glory of God. Jesus is the only person who never sinned. He had to. To be that way because he was he was the perfect lamb of God that died for our sins. And the only way he could be that, that lamb to be offered for our, our sins, to be our sacrifice, is to be perfect. So Jesus, they're saying, we're, we're, we're descendants of Abraham. We're Jews. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you'll be set free? And Jesus replied, I'll tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts, there's the key, for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father, capital F, little f. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied, if you were really children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Because Abraham was looking for Jesus back then. Way back in the Old Testament, he was looking forward to the Messiah. No, Jesus replied, if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father, little elf. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. And Jesus told them, If God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? 
It's because you can't even hear me, Jesus says. For you are the children of your father, the devil. So boom, he just slapped him in the face with, with the truth. And you love to do evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Boy, Jesus is just slapping these, these, these people across the face. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? Nobody, because he's never sinned. And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Boom, in your face. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me. And they did accuse him of this many times. Jesus says, I don't have a demon in me, for I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. How's that? Because he's pointing to the resurrection right here. And, and that's what he is telling them. They, if we believe in him, if they would believe in him, they would never die. Why? Because, because Christ is life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, and and the, by the power of his resurrection, he gives us life. We will never die. We will go into heaven and be with him for eternity. And so they say to him, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered to them. He says, if, if, you want, if I want to glorify myself, it doesn't count. But if my father who will glorify me, you say he is our God. But you don't even know him. I know him, Jesus says. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him. Why? Because he came from heaven. He was sitting at the right hand of the Father. And, and now he's on earth at this point in time. And Jesus says, I, I know the Father. I've been there. I came from there. If I said otherwise, I'd be a great liar as you. But I do know him and I obey him. You don't obey him, but I do obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he was looking forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And the people said, you're not even 50 years old. How can you say that you have seen Abraham? Because Abraham was way back a long time ago. And uh, Jesus answered in verse 58, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Boom. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying here. He was referring to himself as God. And at that point, they picked up stones to throw at Jesus. But Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. So people, we, we tend to, like I said a while ago, like God is sitting up in heaven and he's just waiting to, you know, to, you know people say all the time, let me get out of the way because lightning's about to strike, right? We say stuff like that all the time. And, and, and that, that's... That, that's that's a, a, the wrong way to think. Now, let me try to teach you the correct way to think. God does discipline those whom he loves. And we know this from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. that says, After all, you have not given your lives in your struggle against sin. And, and what's going on here in the book of Hebrews is people were leaving Jesus and going back into Judaism. And the Hebrew author is trying to encourage them to stay with Jesus, stay with Jesus. And he says, uh, have, have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? 
He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who, who, who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. And since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they know how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. So here's the deal. Every person that has breathed air into their lungs on this planet or, or who's ever been in their mother's womb, they will one day breathe their last breath. Hebrews 9.27 says, And just as, it, as each person is destined to die once, after that comes judgment. The second thing, Jesus is saying to the crowd and to you and me today, the way you die is not important. You can die suddenly. You can die slowly. You could die painlessly. You could die painfully. You could die tragically. You could die naturally. But the point is, death is inevitable. It is coming. At some point in time, we don't know. God knows our appointed time, but we do not but we do know death is coming to those who are living it is appointed unto man to die once then after this the judgment it doesn't matter how we die that's not and that that's that's what jesus is trying to get this these people to focus on it doesn't matter how you die the point is death is inevitable it's coming and uh, the third thing I want to share is this. He had just said in the previous chapter, Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do anything to you uh, after that. But I tell you whom to fear. Fear God who has the power to kill you and throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. So regardless of who you are, just because you are the seed of Abraham, that's Jesus talking to the Jews, just because you think you're in good standing with God because of your ancestry, you're not. That's what Jesus is trying to point out to them. And he says, you will perish too, just like these people from this tower, just like these, these people who were just murdered by Pilate when they were making their sacrifices to God. He said, it's not because of their, their sin. It's because accidents happen. Tragedies happen. And... and, and uh, Evil happens. People die. It, it happens on a daily basis. And he says, you're going to die too. You're going to perish too. Unless you repent of your sins and turn to God, it's going to be for eternity. So think about that. Philippians 2, 12 through 13, uh, Paul writes, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to desire and to work for his good pleasure. But Paul says, work out your own salvation. It doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter about your parents' faith. It doesn't matter where they go to church, how often they go to church, if they even raised you in church. You are your own person. Your parents cannot make your choices of salvation for you. It, it, 
it, it, you can go to church where they went to church. You can try to have their faith all you want to. You can try to have your granddaddy's faith, your grandma's faith, whoever's faith. Their faith will not save you. You have to make your own choice that I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to live for God and let, allow the Holy Spirit of God work in me and through me and I can help build the kingdom of God. You are responsible for the choices you make. Not your parents, not your grandparents, not your friends, but you. You are responsible for your own choices. Quit looking somewhere or at someone else to blame. You know, because we say it's always somebody else's fault. That's what we do in our culture and all over the world. We play the blame game. It's been going on since Adam and Eve uh, uh, sinned with that fruit. If you reject Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross for the forgiveness of sins and you go to hell, it is no one's fault but your own. And the last thing I want to share is this before we end the podcast. That is what Jesus is trying to get these people to understand. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Wages is something that we earn. We work and we get a paycheck. We work 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, and we receive a wage for the work that we did. And if we... Uh, uh, if we live in sin, then we have earned death, which death is a separation. And if we die separated from God because of our sin, we will eternally be separated from God and we will be tor tormented, tortured, where the worm dies not for eternity. But the good news is if we choose to accept Jesus as payment for our sin, his sacrifice that he made for us on the cross, then uh, we, we have uh, been set free. We will have eternal life with him in heaven. We earn death as a wage because of sin, but God is offering a free gift, the gift of salvation. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what do we do with when someone hands us a gift? We reach out and we take it. We receive it. We tear it open because we want to see what's inside and we're so full of excitement. So why do we continue to reject the gift that God is giving us and that's salvation through his son, Jesus? We earn hell. Oh, God's not going to send anybody to hell because they, uh, he loves me too much. Wrong. We earn hell. We choose hell. And that's what we deserve if we reject Jesus' sacrifice, but we uh, we earn hell, but that is what we deserve. But through God's grace and his mercy, he has provided a chance to be rescued from eternal torment because he has offered us a way not to be separated from him any longer. And I want to end with these verses. Romans 5, uh, 6 through 11. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came in just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. 
And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Friends, death is imminent. That's what Jesus is trying to get these people to understand. It's not because they're the worst sinners, and that's why they were murdered when they were going to make their sacrifices. They, they weren't the worst sinners in Jerusalem because that tower of Siloam fell on them, those 18 people, and killed them. No, it's because death happens. And Jesus says it, 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 it's an everyday occurrence. People die. The thing that we need to focus on is where we're going to spend eternity. Because when we take our last breath here on this earth, we take our first breath into eternity. Where will we spend eternity? Well, will we spend it in hell or will we spend it in heaven? It all depends on if we choose Jesus' sacrifice or if we reject Jesus' sacrifice. If we choose to live for Jesus or if we continue to choose to reject Jesus. The choice is yours where do you want to spend eternity if you want to spend eternity in hell just keep living the way you're living and do your own thing but if you wanted to live in eternity for god with god in heaven and with jesus then accept what his son has done for you and for me and for everyone on the cross and come out of that tomb three days later and has given us life it's that simple and just start living for jesus if you need to give your life to Christ, I, I just pray that you will find somebody around you, a local church, a local pastor, somebody that you know is a Christian, and ask them what you need to do to be saved. And if you want to email me, contact me. I can help uh, put you uh, with somebody there, wherever you're from. You can email me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com, and I will get back with you very promptly. God bless you. I pray that you have an awesome day, and always remember, don't give up, but keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.